Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Girl CEO Podcast, the playground for female entrepreneurs. My name is Ronnie Brown, and I'm the author of Amazon's best-selling book, From Mopping Floors to Making Millions, and was once a teen mom to a millionaire business mentor. I created my Girl CEO community for women like you. Girl CEO, you are a trailblazer, a creative, an innovator, a boss, and a woman who knows that she deserves more. Join me each week while we uncover what it truly takes to be your own boss and become a successful Girl CEO. And don't worry, sis, I got you. Hello, Girl CEOs, and welcome to Girl CEO Radio. I am so pumped about this particular podcast. Why? Because of course we are the playground for female entrepreneurs, but most importantly, we are a few days away from the holidays and I am in the holiday spirit. I've been so freaking busy. So I've missed you guys and I've been getting tons of messages and requests from you all like, Hey, what's going on with the podcast? We need a new episode. What's going on? So I decided to invite one of my good, good girlfriends over. And of course, we have Shannon here with us. She is moderating, well, behind the scenes. We have a ton of questions <laughs> from my girl CEO. So we are going to have a good old time today. Shout out to Rio, who is officially on our live. I love <laughs> who drove me crazy this morning. I love you, Rio. I hope you have calmed down and you haven't given your brothers a hard time. She's tuning in via Instagram. This is a live. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Kim. I think all of you all know Kim is one of my best friends. So Hi, everybody. I'm Kim Mason. Uh, as most of you guys know, I'm one of Ronnie's BFFs. And my biggest headache of my life. Yes, <laughs> I definitely am. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get this party started. Shannon, I'll let you start with the first question. And to all of our viewers and, and listeners, we're actually recording this podcast live, guys. So you can even submit questions via our question tab if you are watching this live on Instagram. And we're going to have some fun. You know, I thought this would be a really cool thing to do, a little girlfriend conversation right before the holidays. So let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. Shannon, what's our first question? Okay, let's get into this. So the first question I thought would be a good place to start is, how do you determine your why? Hmm, I get that question a lot. And I think that Everybody is kind of in the season of like purpose. I think purpose is just like the thing where everyone is trying to get to their purpose. And the first thing I want to say is you have to give yourself time. You don't always know what your why is. It won't be something that you know just because your best friend knows it or your cousin knows it or the women you follow on Instagram. Everybody appears to know their why. So the first thing I want you guys to do is just relax and chill. 
Because I'm going to say everybody that looks like they know their why, they don't really know their why. A lot of people are just mimicking and doing what they think they should do at that time. So I think that you find your why through serving. I always say that servantship and if you start serving and you start helping people, that's how you find your why. What do you think? I also believe that your why transforms, right? For sure. So my why 10 years ago was probably not money. Be, yep, it was money. <laughs> I was like dead broke, desperate, kids in daycare. You know, it was a struggle season, you know, 10 to 12 years ago. And so for me, my why then was money only and solely. And that is okay. And that's okay if that's your why. But over time, as I was working for the money, I realized that it was so much more inside of me. And so what I will say is do the work. As you just do Mm -hmm. the work, you will find the why. So if you don't know exactly why you're doing what you're doing, just get to work. And amongst doing the work, um, whether that's serviceship or, you know, whether that's just grind, you're going to find why it is that you're doing what you do. (laughs) And another thing that I'm going to say about that is sometimes you don't really realize what your why is until you're like 35, right? Initially, you think that because you're making money, you're winning. You're like, yeah, this is my thing. This is my purpose. And let me just tell y'all something funny. When you get paid, you'll try to act like anything is your purpose, right? You'll be like, yeah, you know, this is a part of my purpose. (laughs) But is not always the truth, right? So you just have to really think about, I think that you can really put your hands on what your why is when you'll do it for free. Mm-hmm. Or something that really moves you. You know, like if you're really emotional about that thing, like if it can tap into and pull on your heartstrings, while you're making money, you may realize life occurrences can change your why. You lose a spouse, you Mm -hmm. lose a child, you lose a parent, right? So before you were all on this mission and then all of a sudden you have a child with disabilities. Doesn't your why change then? Yeah. So life occurrences can also change your why. So what I would say is that, you know, don't be so stuck on one particular thing or one particular reason as to what is your why, but more so leave room to grow. Yeah. And I also will just say that it takes time. Instagram will rush you and you will be looking at people and you would say, oh, my goodness, everybody has it figured out, but I don't. And I just want to reassure you all, each and every one of you all who is listening to this podcast, that discovering your why and discovering your purpose, it's not a race. It's not a race. It's a freaking marathon. And you might have to run. It might be a five-year marathon. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a quick thing, right? So just be patient. Stop looking at other people. And I think one of the other things that I will say is just do life. Sometimes I think we get away from just doing life, just living life, having fun, just doing the things that we enjoy. And just allowing life to teach us as time goes on. Okay. So the next question is, when should I quit my nine to five to focus on my business full time? Mm. What I will say is that for everyone, that's different, right? And I think it's really important 
that we don't give cookie cutter answers to this because you'll meet a person, their scenario, it was just them. They were single. Like let's use Taraji P. Henson, right? She packed up a bag, her son, she was a mother. She moved across country, no family. And now look at her. She made a sacrifice that all of us would think is crazy. Mm -hmm. Now, would I give you that advice? Maybe not. I feel like that's something that's individual and personal. What I would tell you on a rational side is to not do anything stupid. If your gifts cannot support the expansion of your business, some people just don't want to work for anybody. They don't want people to tell them what to do. And they think that not working a nine Mm -hmm. to five is going to get them out of that situation. Let me tell you something. When you're a business owner, your customers tell you what to do. You're going to mm-hmm. always be told what to do. So you may just be trying to get out of that nine to five so fast just because you're tired of waking up at a certain time. Let me tell you something. You having to report somewhere at a certain time mm-hmm. is going to give you the discipline that's required when nobody's looking inside of your business. So that's first and foremost. Okay. But secondly, I think it's Different for everybody, but what I would say is a blanket statement is to make sure that you have six months of your expenses lined up before you just go jump Mm -hmm. off the cliff. Because let me just tell you something, working from a space of passion and working from a space of creativity is a lot different from working from a place of desperation. Yeah. It really is. And here's my take on that. It would definitely be have two years worth of income saved up for sure. Two years worth of income saved up because six months is not shit. Six (laughs) months is your car breaks down and your transmission goes out and you homeless. Okay. Because things happen. You may need an alignment on your car. That's a thousand dollars. You understand what I'm saying? You might six months. No, I would say two years. I would personally say two years. And let me just also say this to the mother's To the moms that are listening to this, right now, we have to think about our children. And some of us are leading from a very egotistic place. And when you have children, you cannot make decisions based on your personal emotions. All right. What I will tell you is think about the environment and think about the atmospheres that you are putting your children in. I don't want to have a story where my kids were sleeping in a car with me because I was in my ego, because I was full of pride. I don't want to have a story where my children were hungry because I was too good to go to work. You understand what I'm saying? Because I didn't want someone telling me what to do. And let me just also say this. I'm going to take it a bit deeper. And I say this all the time. A lot of you all are not prepared for entrepreneurship. That's right. And you think that you are more talented than you actually are. And you've worked in corporate America and you've mastered bullshitting. Some of y'all bullshitting right now on the clock. Shout out to y'all. I love y'all. I want y'all to win. (laughs) But... The second your supervisor comes around the corner, you're going to minimize that screen. And I say this all the time. You take that energy into entrepreneurship and you fail and you fail big because in entrepreneurship, you will not cash a check that you did not write, which is why so many of you all run to stability. 
because you don't have the discipline required to put in the work. I work every day. And every day when I get up, a card has to run. And if the card don't run, then mama not going to have no fun. All right. So every day the goal is to process a card transaction. And this is what really what entrepreneurship looks like. You have to hunt. Many of you all are not hunters. You're gatherers. All right. Meaning somebody else is doing a hunting and you just gathering the people up. You have to hunt to be an entrepreneur and you have to make sure that you are building a customer base on a daily basis. And a lot of people are not ready for that. Right. So when do you quit your job? When I left my job, I was making $50,000 a month. When I left the government, I was making $50,000 a month. And let me just tell you, I came from the hood hood. So it's like when you come from the hood hood, you have a, a very different mindset. You have this mindset of I could be broke tomorrow. I feel like people that came from like nothing, you mm-hmm. always fear yeah. going back to that. You know, Kim's known me back when I was doing eyebrows in a corner somewhere. Yes, I was an eyebrow client. <laughs> she was one of my, she started off as one I of my customers. I how to do my brows. <laughs> yes. And she used to come to me and I was struggling, like struggling, struggling. So what I'm saying is I waited until I was making $50,000 a month and I had made it probably a few months before I decided to walk away from my job. I was, imagine making $50,000 a month and still sitting at a desk and making $26 an hour. That's the level of discipline that you have to have. That's the mindset that you have to have if you want to win. I wasn't going to let $50,000 a month stop me from a consistent $3,000 a week until I had, I think my goal was $200,000 in my bank account. That was my ultimate goal at that time in my life. So some of you all, you'll make $50,000 one time and y'all giving, peace, I'm out of here, you know? (laughs) And it's just like, life can happen. Mm -hmm. $50,000 can be gone in a blink of an eye. Right. Especially if you don't have any money management skills. Yeah, because no matter how much money you make, The truth is, girl CEOs, a lot of you all don't have money problems. You have money management problems. You get money and it burns through your pocket. You end up in Target buying clothes. You know, I remember when we were, (laughs) (laughs) I remember, and y'all know on Girl CEO Radio, we try to keep it very real with you guys. We had our first year making money together. Meaning, you ever get rich with your friend, your close friend? Well, let me just tell you. Don't get rich with your friend for the first time, okay? <laughs> because when Especially you... Especially when she have as many kids as you do. Okay, <laughs> because when you and your friend get rich together for the first run, you just do dumb shit together. So we had got rich at one point in time, and it was our first time being rich. And mind you, I'm saying rich in a very sarcastic way broke-minded way. So we weren't really rich. We were very poverty-minded. Hood rich. Hood rich, okay? (laughs) So anybody that plays this back, I don't want y'all to be saying, oh, she was on here bragging. No, I'm talking about us. We talking about ourselves right now in a very dumbfounded way, okay? Because we have stories for days. But it was our first year of making money and 
I think Kim was making about $25,000 a month. Yeah. <laughs> and I was probably making almost $100,000 a month. Okay. And this was every month, probably at least for six months out the year. Probably. Right? Yes. About, for sure. About six months out the year. So you just get to a space where you start doing dumb shit. Anything. And I mean, we've done some dumb shit like you don't feel like washing clothes because you're just busy and you just go into Target and you just buy everybody in the house new clothes. All your kids just get new clothes for a week because I don't have time. Yes. Or they're going to their grandparents for the weekend and I don't feel like washing. We're out of time. So we're literally just going to buy them a whole week's worth of clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Like when I think back, I'm like... Wait, what? (laughs) And, you know, I allow Kim to rub off on me. Liar. (laughs) Liar. But it's like you're in a rush. You got to jump on a flight. I mean, you go in the store and you buy the clothes, the socks, the underwear. Mm -hmm. Everything. Everything. You know, it's just you just do stupid. overnight bags. Yes. Purses. New new headbands for the girls because, you know, they always got little cute stuff. (laughs) Oh, you think back on the amount of dumb shit you did with your your money and you don't see it. You don't see it. So when people start talking about just quitting their job so fast, it's just like, ho, 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 like pump your brakes because sometimes we pray for these jobs and then you get the job and you start acting real like arrogant and you don't need it and you're like yeah I had someone tell me they were like yeah I made a hundred dollars today in my business imagine what I could have made if I wasn't at that job a hundred dollars <laughs> sometimes 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 I'm telling you it it's is, not what you think. And it, it takes time. It takes time. You think if you have 12 more hours because you weren't at work, you would make it, you would double that $100 Baby. profit. But guess what? You would probably make $50 because now you're BSing. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, think about what you're going to make for the rest of the week. You might have made 100 on Saturday, but what, what you going to do on Monday, Tuesday, exactly. Wednesday, and Thursday? That was a Saturday sale day. Yeah. That was a peak hour. That was a peak day. And I think that's where the mistakes come in. We have to study the analytics. Like we have to study the trends of our businesses. We have to look at not just what we made in December and January. What do you make in October? What do you make in July? What what have you made consistently for the last three years? One of my good friends, um, Nicole Linnell, we were having a conversation. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't set monthly goals. She was like, I have a yearly goal. And that yearly goal is to make seven figures a year. She's like, I'm not concerned about what I make a month. She's like, I don't even care about what I make a day. She's like, every year for the last few years, I've had a million dollar year, a million dollar plus year. And she's like, that's what's important to me. Okay. So some of you all, you're like looking at, okay, you had a $150 day or a $200 day or $300 day. Come on, guys. That's really not stability. That's not security. That's not enough for you to just say, peace out to your six-figure job. We have to be a little more patient. And I think for me, if I could do it over, I would say just focus on 
what you're learning in the process. Focus on the education and the knowledge that you're getting from your nine to five versus just saying, peace out. Yes. And also stay long enough at your job seeing success in your business so that you can see your business trends. Because let me tell you how success will fool you. Some people have a success run. Okay. For so sure. you may see success in any type of business. I've talked to a lot of different business owners. Their first 12 months, they have a success run where their numbers are really good. And then year two, those things dwindle out for various different reasons. Stay long enough to see if you can stay stable in your market. That's really important. For sure. Okay. So the next <laughs> question is, should I take out a business loan? Mm. So I'm going to let you give your opinion on that because I'm a debt-free person. I don't believe in loans and stuff like that. The question is, should I take out a business loan? I'm not a loan debt person. I believe in just selling it. Sell it. Mm-hmm. Just sell it. If you can sell it, you don't need a loan. Right. Because if people want it, they'll pre-order it. You know, that's what I think. I think it also depends on what your business is too, right? Maybe it's not a product that you're, you're marketing. You know, you may have a more granulous um, business layout. Different. There are so many different types of businesses, right? What I would say is that if you are going to take out a loan, do not take out that loan without a plan. Without a plan that's right. been looked a over by plan. an expert. A Hold real on. plan. Without a plan that has been looked over by an expert. Let me tell you the mistake that I've seen people make. You come up with the plan. The plan is only good to you. You are going to feed yourself lies. (laughs) You will. It's for sure. It's the truth. When you want something, (laughs) when you want something, when you want something, you tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself. Let me tell you something, and you will rebuke anybody who opposes you, especially if you're a Gemini. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. That's not true. I'm not taking out any business loans, by the way. No, not loans, but they will rebuke anything that. Someone tells them if they don't want to hear I can get it. very Kanye about my thoughts. Hell okay, yeah. Like Period. super Kanye. Period. Okay. Okay. Don't try to marginalize me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, on a serious note, if you do take out a business loan, it's not the worst thing in the world to take out a business loan, especially if you truly need it for whatever your business model is. But what I would say is seek the advice of an expert. And by expert, I mean someone who has already seen the massive <laughs> level of success that you're trying to reach and has taken the route in which you are trying to go. One of the things that you do in business, people want to recreate the will when actually you should be looking to model the success that you've already seen. Why would you go and try to recreate a process and then fall on your face when you can go get the guidance and the mentorship from someone who has succeeded in the Mm -hmm. route that you're trying to succeed in? So if you are (laughs) looking to take out a business loan, it's not the worst thing in the world. Although I'm like Ronnie, I also believe in debt freedom Mm -hmm. and I believe in building things from the ground up and using your profit to rebuild back into your business. But if you do, for whatever your business model is, I realize not every business is the same. You should definitely be seeking the advice of an expert and not moving off of emotion. And here's what I'm going to say. I feel like, and I'm going to say this one more time, if they want it bad enough, they'll pre-order it if you're selling products. 
And a lot of you all, you don't really need a loan. You just want some extra money. I'm going to tell you. It's like, what do you need a loan for? Supplies, girl, no. Like and a Gucci bag to look rich. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you don't need it. You really don't need the loan. I think that's one of those questions that you ask because everybody says, like, you don't get a business loan. Now, what I will say is build up your business credit because you can have a business credit card and you use it and you pay it back. And that's how you win because you're building up your business credit. But don't go take out the payday loan and put your title up for your car because when they come and get your car, you're going to be feeling bad or yeah, it's going to be like everything's going to go down. You're going to be on the metro. Like, don't do it. And then it's like, what are you selling? You're selling T-shirts or hats. You know, guys, I'm telling you, if people want it, you won't have to put yourself in a financial bind to do it. Period. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next question is, how do you balance a growing business and your family? You go crazy. I mean, I don't want to be one of those people that are like the expert of like balance because I'm not. I'm fucking all over the place. And that's the thing about Girl CEO. We speak to what's really happening with women. And Social media, you look at people and they have this super bright white house and everything is like perfectly staged for the photos. And I'm like, that's not my house. You go in my living room, sometimes my daughter has shit everywhere. You know, I'm going to tell the truth about it. We do what we can. And that's just what it is. Like, I just do what I can. And my house is nice, but the balance is some nights I come home, I'm tired. Some nights there's no dinner ready and you just better eat a sandwich and some cereal and make it work for you. And there are some nights where I come home and I'm going to throw down and I'm going to cook and it's going to be a whole spread with some cornbread. Some nights there isn't. Some nights I need a glass of wine. Okay. Some days I'm exhausted. Some days I'm all over the place. I just do what I can. I don't have the blueprint to that because I'm actually just winging it. What I would say for this is I think the root of this question from women is guilt. As women, we hold ourselves to such high standards that we have to be the best spouse. We have to be the best mother. We have to be the best in our business. And everything must be equally so, right? What my advice to you guys would be is, number one, communication. It's so important that you communicate to your family what season you're in as a business owner. Okay, and that they understand where you are. A lot of times when there's a lack of communication, there's also a mismanagement of expectations. And so if you can get okay, so that means that means like, don't you expect this dinner because it ain't. Exactly. And so so you may have to communicate, really discuss expectations in this particular season, explain it to them in detail. This is what my business looks like right now. This is what's required of me. Actually, you're good at this. You're good at that. Bring your family in. A lot of times they won't even mind that you're busy if they can get busy with you. Mm-hmm. What can your kids be a part of? You know, what can your spouse be a part of? They just want to be a part of you. And sometimes we tend to isolate ourselves from our family. So communicating <laughs> to see if that's something we need to break sometimes, right? <laughs> but seeing honestly, number one, where can your family fit into your vision so that it's not just a you because there's no I in team, right? Together, everyone achieves more. 
Okay. And I have a little saying in my house. It's like, if you have that level of time to realize that I'm not doing something. That means you got so much time. <laughs> that means that you're sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> you need to be just as busy as me. So if I'm running around and you can sit back and notice that I haven't done X, Y, and Z and it's a list put together, that means your ass needs to get to work. Yes. I mean, I tell my son that. He's okay. like, Mom, the laundry. I'm like, bro, you better go do the laundry yourself. You better go put a load in. Don't okay. wait for me. Okay. And then on a more serious tip, though, because I do know that sometimes in the midst of you building your vision, you could feel like your family is going by the wayside. And again, as a woman, we struggle with that guilt, that mom guilt, that you know, female guilt because we are innately wanting to nurture. Mm -hmm. So what I would say is be intentional with your time. Time block off a time that you respect and your family respects for family time. So when you know, okay, this time is for family, not only does it give you guys a committed time to spend that good quality time together where you can make whatever rules you want, no phone, everybody's attentive, but it also gives everybody a chance to look forward to something. So they can say, nobody feels deprived. If you have a spouse, block off the time and say, hey, listen, X amount of time I'm going to be busy dedicating to the kids, my business, this, that, and the third, but this time is yours. And so that lets a person know that I still do get my time versus when nothing is down and written and etched in stone, they don't know when the next time they're going to get your love, affection, and attention. It's what they're really putting their demands on you for. And so I think just putting those time blocks in place and and communicating that to everybody, (laughs) letting them know you're going to get what you came for. She said, well, some men. (laughs) Oh, well, some men. Listen, I can't speak for every man. Some men you could bend over backwards for and they still wouldn't be happy. We're not talking about those men. We're talking healthiness, right? That's a whole nother podcast for a whole nother day. (laughs) Okay, so next question is, I have a couple things that I'm passionate about. Can I like do both or should I try and figure it out and narrow it down? So for my multi-talented entrepreneurs, what I would say is <laughs> focus on one thing first. We've tried. I think we've both done. As you all know, we were both in the direct sales industry. We, Outside of that, we were hustling, doing this on the side and that on the side. And I just feel like I could never give my all when I was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Until I just zoned in on one thing. I feel like I wasn't my best. So I say you can be a very multi-talented person, but what I will say is build it until it runs like a well-oiled machine and then transition and you can do other things. But I think that the problem that I see with entrepreneurs and girl CEOs is that they jump ship too quick before they have something that's stable and it ends up distracting them from their initial mission mm-hmm. versus them building a legacy business for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I would also say a good example for that is Jamie Foxx. If you've ever like really studied Jamie Foxx, he's somebody who can sing, he can act, mm-hmm. he does comedy, but he started with comedy first, right? Killed it. Then he went to acting, mm-hmm. killed it. Then he dropped an album. So it was the album didn't really the what um, I mean I know the first one the first one that was the only one and so that's why I'm saying he kind of yeah he just he just put that talent out there and it did well right 
So, you know, <laughs> don't come for Jamie Foxx like that. <laughs> you can tell what Hold on, no, no, because she the one who don't ever be doing little facts like that. So I had to sing it out for her because if I would have I know that CD. I know. What's another song with that Girl. I'm not, I can't even, I can't even say what I want to say. <laughs> I can't say what I want I think everybody loved that CD. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so you guys get the point. You know, one thing at a time, even if you are most talented. <laughs> Listen, we about the next question. <laughs> it's about to turn into girl CEO after dark. <laughs> Okay. The next question is, how to deal with family and friends not supporting you in your business? <laughs> so when I was in direct sales, none of my friends and family necessarily supported me in a form of like joining me, buying for me. But support does not mean that someone joins in on your vision. Support mm-hmm. can mean that they're rooting for you. Support yeah. can mean that they shouted your page out. Support could just mean that they give you a pat on the back and say, I'm proud of you. So I think also redefining what support looks like is really important because sometimes a lot of people walk around with a chip on their shoulder. And let me just tell you, you look dumb online. You really do. As a business owner, you look like a struggling Begging business Begging for someone like, oh, you're putting a post about no it's one supporting all na- you. And it's all nasty And it's stuff. negative. And I don't think it attracts people to your business. I yes. think that it pushes people away. It's like, I don't have to buy your stuff. Yeah. You you come across as a very entitled, snotty little entrepreneur. Yeah. You, like, first of all, like a first of all if you become excellent, you don't have to beg anybody yeah, to, to buy for your sure. product. For sure. So let's master your craft, you know, and it's like just simmer down. So I would just say <laughs> friends and family, if they support Somebody you. Somebody said, come on, Ronnie, see you after dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I said we need to just start talking about like more Girl, sex and so stuff all, like that. Yeah, like the show. Yeah. All Maybe that. another podcast. Go ahead. Not today. <laughs> so, yes, what I will say is that if they're being toxic or just really negative, Anybody can go. Anybody can go. Right? You can just push them off to the side. You have to put boundaries up in every area of your life. Now, if a family member is just not buying something from you or something like that, your loyalty and your love should not be contingent upon who buys Mm -hmm. your product. Yeah. Let me just say that. If I have a friend and I'm in business and my friend never bought a thing from me, that doesn't make them not my friend. Right? Because guess what? If I don't want to buy something from you, I don't have to buy something from you. That doesn't make you not my friend. A person and a family member or a friend can be loving and supportive in other ways. They just not vibing and rocking with your vision. And that's okay. And I also feel like you don't have to ask friends to support you. I've never had to ask you to support me. No. And you never had to ask me to support you. I genuinely support my friends. And it's there. It's in your face. My friends are my biggest cheerleaders. I think you just posted something about go check out this podcast. You know, like she supports me. I'm not expecting it because the people that I have around me, I feel like I already know what I'm going to get from those people. But I think that the truth is I'm not expecting my friends or my family to keep my business afloat. They're not. (laughs) I know that. So... I struggle with creating content for my social media platform. What do you suggest? Sign up for Girl CEO. (laughs) Bingo. Next question. (laughs) So the next question is, 
another struggle question. So I struggle with knowing my worth and my value and it leads into my business. So I'm not really sure what I should be charging people for my services. So I believe, and I won't go too deep with this, is when people don't know their worth, you watch it trickle over into their business. It goes from personal to relationships to business. And not even, let me go back, it starts with childhood, right? So normally a person not knowing their worth starts with childhood trauma. Then it goes into teen. Then it goes into the boys you date that when you're young. Then it goes into the types of people that you're attracted to or you're attracted to rejection. Then it goes into dating as an adult woman and being impressed by things that are like not impressive. You know, we had that conversation before. It was like, yeah, somebody opened the door for me. He's such a gentleman. It's like, no, sis. It's like, ooh, you've been really mistreated in life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is not a funny or laughing matter. Yeah, it's right? not. I, I posted a video of uh, Jeannie from The Real. And she was talking about how you are so impressed by things that are normal. And it's like, it's not something that you should be bragging about because it's the basic standard, right? And then you open a business and you want to be appealing to every customer, right? So it's a core thing. So then you go from charging you may have a service that you should charge at least $500 to $1,000 for, and you're charging $199 or $97. And it's because the same way you think in your relationship is the way that you think in your business. And that way of thinking is slim pickings, meaning this is the best I can have. I have to stay with this. Because if I leave this, then I may not ever get lucky again. You know, this person at least does this for me. I always say when I start saying things to myself like, well, at least this person does this, then I need to check myself. Because the least, me saying, well, at least this person does this, is me always saying that the least is okay with me. And some of you all are doing that in your business. It's like it's rolled over to your business. 95% of the people that have issues in relationships with knowing their worth have issues in their businesses with knowing their worth. It's just, I can see it. I can see it show up from personal to business. And then in the business, what happens is you're like, well, if I don't get them, somebody else is going to get them. So I might as well charge a price that everybody can afford. And it's like, no, we don't want to charge a price that everybody can afford because everybody isn't your customer. Everybody isn't your target market. So how do you stop and how do you know your worth? You know what I, I will say to that? And I've really been thinking about that because so many women ask me that. I say, write down what you originally imagine your life looking like. Because can I just tell y'all, I'm going to be straight. Y'all know I'm a straight shooter. I've been in past relationships where I've changed my expectations 
based on bullshit that I was telling myself. So it's like, no, actually, I do want someone to give me flowers. And then I started lying and say, like, oh, flowers don't matter. No, actually, flowers did matter to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or I'll start saying things like, what's another lie that I've told myself? Oh, this person may not be so into holidays or whatever the case may be. But the second I put the butt there, that is something that matters to me. Right? No, actually... Being in the holiday spirit is important to me. That is important to me. And what happens is the more and more you lie to yourself about what's not important to you, there's a level of resentment that starts to develop as you get older and older and older. And you look up and you somewhere in a cage because You've changed all your standards out. You've swapped every... How many of you ladies have done that? It's on this live. Be honest. Comment in the chat. You've changed. You've swapped out all of your standards and all of the things that actually matter to you. And you make excuses and you say, no, well, actually, you know, that's not important. Well, this isn't important. And it's like you look up and you live in a whole life and you're like, who the hell am I? What have I become? I'm not having the fun that I want to have. I'm not doing the things that I wanted to do. So what was your original dream life? That's what I would say. That is actually your real standards. Because if we can be honest, you would probably say, okay, you want a great man who surprises you with dates, who honors you, who respects you, or you come home and there's an outfit laying on the bed and a pair of shoes and a note that says, meet me here at this time, or, you know, your dream home. He's a hard worker. He's a provider. He might be a dancing machine. You know, all these little things. Someone who calls you a few times a day that sends you text messages that dates you consistently. That is actually what you wanted. That's what you wanted because that used to be what you wanted. But when we start settling, we start lying to ourselves. Y'all know what I'm talking about because in business, you do it. You ever meet that person and they like, yeah, money don't money don't matter. Money don't matter. The big, I don't want no big house. Man, I don't want that car. They lying. Some of them are lying. It's just that initially they wanted to be successful. Initially, they wanted their dream home. Initially, they wanted to drive a certain kind of car. But as time progressed or, you know, they realized that they didn't have the work ethic or the person that they're with, you know, said that that wasn't important. Now it's not important. You know, now now you don't want a house no more. You okay with living in a condo or it's like now you're like, oh, you know, I don't care about that. But that was one of the biggest things on your list. So you sacrifice yourself so much because the truth is you're settling. You're settling. And I think that I personally, I had to come to grips with myself, you know, and start being clear about things that I wanted and not be ashamed or afraid. And you might have people say, you want too much. You can't get everything from everybody. You can't, but you have to figure out what's important to you. And if it's really important to you, don't settle because you'll look up and you'll be like, God dang, how did I end up here? You know? (laughs) This is an importance. Or you may want somebody who's a conversationalist, someone who can talk to you for hours 
And then you sit there and you end up in a situation where you with a whole dummy. <laughs> and, they can, they can't even have a conversation with you. And you're like, well, you know, he was just, he always opened my door though. It's like, yeah, now who you going to talk to and for the next 40 years and you bored out your mind? You in the bed like, <laughs> get me out of here just looking at a wall. So you just have to be, you know, that's knowing your worth. Write down what your dream life was. That was what's important to you. It starts there. That's all I'm going to say. So it's funny that you went into the relationship direction because that leads us to the next question. How do you get over heartbreak, especially when you're still in love with the person? So I think that I'm like, go ahead. (laughs) I'm all talking. It's a process, you know, so realizing that everything in life that we love and we like isn't always what's best for us, right? And if you're at the point where you're no longer obviously with that person anymore, right, because you've separated yourself, your heart is broken already, realizing that you really only have up to go. You know, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. But you were staying hurt while you were with that person. And it's one of those things where... That was a word. Yes. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, if I stay with this person that to some degree comforts me, right? Because there is some comfort even in the dysfunction. There's comfort in it. You become accustomed to whatever habit you put yourself in. Some people are accustomed to dysfunction. Mm -hmm. That to the point they can get out of a dysfunctional situation and they prefer dysfunction because it's all they know. Yes. And so when you get out of it, you will hurt. There's no getting around the hurt. There's no getting around the heartbreak. But here's the light at the end of the tunnel is that if you just keep going without that person, there's fresh air that you've never breathed before at the end of that tunnel. And it's going to transform you because you're breathing a different air. You know, if you take a plant and you put it in the darkness, same plant, you put it in the sunlight, you water them both. The plant that's in the darkness, even though it's the same plant, same breed, you know, same pot, same soil, but one is in the dark and one is in the light. The one that's in the dark is going to is going to wither. And some of you are choosing to stay with people that have you withering away. And so if you just get out of that situation and you keep going in the right direction, although it hurts, I promise you, eventually, I promise to God, I had somebody who I was with for years, whole adult life. And I never thought that I could live without that person ever. And I remember I let it get so toxic and so bad to the point I just was like, I can't even look at me and lie to me no more. <laughs> you ever just look in the mirror and be like, goddamn dummy. You know? <laughs> and then you have a best friend that's going to be like, goddamn And this was relentless. I'm, okay? I'm working on being a better friend when my friends are mm-hmm. like in situations that I'm uncomfortable with. Because I'm the friend that's like, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm at your door. Tell that nigga come outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that friend. <laughs> and so, but there was, there was a time where I felt like I couldn't live without that person. <laughs> Literally. Like I couldn't fathom my life. And then I left and then I stayed gone. And when I tell you, when I see this person, I feel nothing, not in my heart, not in my pants, nowhere. Okay. And this is someone who had years of a stronghold on me. And I'm telling you, you get over it. You can get over anything. God plus time and the right choices heal all wounds. 
Keep going. And I promise you, you will get over it if you are brave enough to stand in your discomfort. Can you stand in your discomfort? Can you stand in the discomfort of your choices (laughs) to become a better person? (laughs) And I think that some of y'all not in love. You just in love with the routine and somebody being there to mm-hmm. rub your feet on, you know, to cuddle up under. It's just like you, you in don't love even with, like that person yeah, no more. You just want the you, you look just, at that person. You don't even want to touch him for real. It's just like listen, it's the routine. I don't even like you, but you can't leave me. Yeah, you know? it's the routine. <laughs> you in love with with routine, man. You in love with routine. That's what a lot of it is, and I think that it's okay. You know, sometimes people make outgrowing people or things in like such a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think that we all outgrow people sometime and that's okay. It's not a bad thing. It's a great thing for you because it means you're evolving. What's important to you then may not be important to you now. You know, you may have thought that money was everything. You know, now you just want a partner. Now you just want someone that you can confide in. Now that you just want someone who just works as hard as you do, right? Or you may have at one point in time in your life thought that just having someone there was important. You may have come from or just a situation. Having somebody, or just having somebody who didn't cheat on you. Yeah. Hello. Can we talk? I know there's somebody here. You, if you ever been, if you ever been in a bad situation, when you come out of that situation, you just think you just go, I just want somebody who's not gonna cheat on me. And, and then, then you get somebody then who don't cheat on you, and you're like, you don't do nothing else besides that. <laughs> <laughs> And so, <laughs> and so you really got to get clear on what it is you want and need from people because it goes back you to not like, value you yourself. Don't cheat, but you bored is yes. you bored. You don't cheat, but he don't pay bills. You don't cheat, but he don't have no ambition. You don't cheat, but he not a kid person. You know, you don't cheat, but your family is crazy and bored too. Like, it's, listen, you gotta. <laughs> It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. And so you got to make sure that you are saying, because I've been abused, because I've been misused, because I've been mistreated, that at least if somebody can just treat me here at the baseline in my business, in my relationships, I don't care if you used to work at McDonald's. Don't yeah. open your business with that baseline mentality that, well, at least I'm not at McDonald's anymore. Yeah. Right. Or at least he opened the door. Exactly. uh, Here's what I said earlier. Once you say at least, you already going low, for sure. (laughs) That's good. Social media has me thinking that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. So what do you suggest for people that are comparing themselves to what they see online? Sometimes you comparing yourself to bullshit. You Don't compare yourself to somebody else's lie. And that's all I'm going to say. Basically, some of the most successful people I met have absolutely no following on social media. They literally just have a page because somebody told them that it was a place they needed to be. But they make millions of dollars offline and none of you guys know about them. And so those people, um, you would never even know that by their social media. So, you know, sometimes the loudest person in the room is not the most confident person in the room. And sometimes the person with the most followers is not the person who has their life the most together or the person who appears to be the most together is not always 
what it's saying. Because people have a choice to show you what they want to show you. Yeah, we all show people what we want to yeah. show them. And I think the biggest thing that I pay attention to is when people never talk about like their struggles or like they can't even let their hair down ever. Or like it's always about business 24-7, you know? That's why I like stuff like this. Because mm-hmm. you know how when, when you're talking, your friend can give you that look and you like, you already know the story that we're thinking yes. about. <laughs> I feel like we've had just some crazy stories, you know? So yeah, for sure. Online, people give you what they want to give you. It's marketing for sure. So don't beat yourself up. Yeah. And just trust the timing of your life. That's so important. Trust that you are exactly where God wants you to be and that you are doing exactly what you should be doing in this very moment. And also, I say this all the time, you are not a tree. You are not stuck. So if you don't like the circumstances of your life, work hard to change them. It's that simple. Nothing is keeping you where you are except for your mindset. Pull them roots up and get the walking. Exactly. (laughs) If you can go back in time to change anything, what would it be? These sites. <laughs> <laughs> She's about to say, I ain't trying to have all the kids I got. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. If you guys follow me online, y'all know how much my kids drive me nuts. But how much Listen, when you got kids. a basketball team, it's real. <laughs> but I'm just joking. I, I probably wouldn't even be myself. If it weren't for my kids, so I'm just joking. It was just the funniest you know, thing to say. Listen, to me. <laughs> can I just say, mom guilt is real, mm-hmm. and it's some people that aren't even brave enough to say that. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of work. It's a what? lot it is of not work for the faint at heart. It's what? Give me my kids. Where are these people come from? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the return label? <laughs> it's like the teacher call you. Like, hello. It's like, uh, today, you know, Miss Brown, we had another issue with Marvin. I'm like, <laughs> I got to call like, y'all listen, right back. Figure listen. it out. <laughs> Figure and, and it listen, out. Listen, you like this thing. You start bargaining with the teachers. Tell me, you the professional. You went to school for child development. What do you think I should do? Because I'm all out of ideas. If I beat him, you're going to call CPS on me. <laughs> so, you know, seriously, though, seriously, though. You, just, you start putting your phone. Listen, shout out to all the moms that didn't block the school number before. <laughs> <laughs> my kids had to call me from their phone and be like, my teacher trying to get in touch with you. I got five different kids. They call me from five different schools, all of them from PTSA. Listen, don't call me unless it's like, an emergency. I'm calling about your child. I'm like, which, which one? Which one? <laughs> which one is it today? <laughs> Damn it. Let me tell you something. You be, you be pissed. You like, you know I got four kids? They go to three different schools. You didn't even tell me who you was, what teacher you was, who child it was. Like, you just get frustrated because you deal with work and then you have to come home. You have to take care of the house. And then the teachers are calling. And then then your children have like social life issues. You know, Mm -hmm. my son, he he wants relationship advice. I'm like, here's a relationship advice. Just get your education and stop focusing on the relationship. You know? Exactly. (laughs) It's just all these different expectations. So that was an honesty moment. But seriously, if I could go back and change anything, I would have waited to have children and given myself the time to really discover who I was. So both Monty and I were teen parents. Um, I had my child at 16. She had her child at 16 as well. Um, So finding out that I would be a mom at 15 years old, it just didn't give me time to really discuss myself who I wanted to be. So, you know, for me, I would go back and obviously just knowing what I know now Give myself some more time to develop and establish myself as a woman before I establish myself as a mother. 
And I think that's important because sometimes you think that you're ready for adulthood. <laughs> I thought I was so grown. <laughs> and you're not. You're not ready. You're really not ready. And I think life starts to happen and you realize, you realize that I think that um, even as a mother, you evolve in stages. I feel like the mother I am now, I wasn't half the mother. No, not by any means. I've become so much more selfless. I used to be so selfish as a mother. Rightfully so, because at that age, you are selfish. It is all about you. And the mother that I was to my last daughter was not the mother that I was to my first daughter. For sure. For sure. Because you're selfish as heck when you're young. And I used to be like, well, why are people telling me not to have children young? And it's just because you don't have the capacity. It's like the woman I am today, I was not that woman years ago. Mm -mm. I was irresponsible. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready. Mentally, I wasn't there. I made poor choices. And you begin to see where your poor choices show up at. I know I can say this personally. Mm -hmm. As your children become teenagers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you see the bad choices that they make. And you're like, did you really think it was a good idea for you to get in that car? You know, the person who's driving just had a learner's and they were supposed to have someone in there that was actually 21 with the driver's license. And you're saying things to your children. And as you are literally saying it to them, God just comes down and he just slaps you on your forehead. <laughs> and he's like, and he knocks that that memory in your head. Mm-hmm. Where you were riding around and nobody had a license and everybody had a learner's and you were doing the same dumb stuff. Or nobody had anything in somebody's <laughs> parents' car <laughs> and they asked you to drive. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's just so funny because... I used to hear people say everything that you did as a kid is going to come back on you through your children. Mm-hmm. And it just really does. You know, Absolutely. I snuck and got this tattoo. I think we used to call it a tramp stamp. Mm-hmm. I snuck and got this tramp stamp <laughs> on the back of my back <laughs> when I was 15 years old <laughs> at an illegal tattoo party because I wanted one so bad. And I hid it from my dad and I hid it from my mom. And guess what? It came back on me because recently my 14-year-old son (laughs) (laughs) snuck and got a tattoo behind my back and I almost killed him. And it was literally my karma. It was my karma. It was my karma 100%. And you know the funny thing about my oldest son said, just get mom's name. So she can't be mad so at you. So she won't be mad at you if you get her name. And it's like, man, the games that we play are children. It comes back. So it's 100%. It's interesting to see how when you were young and you thought you were grown, you kind of think you grown because you have a kid. Oh, you! I definitely thought I was grown because I had a kid. <laughs> and it was like, no, I need to help. I, I was going to tell y'all something. This podcast is not long enough to tell y'all how grown I was, okay? <laughs> Thank God is all I can say. <laughs> right, so did he get the tattoo of your name? <sighs> it's a long story. <laughs> okay. Just know he's punished until 2023. <laughs> 2025. <laughs> 
So the next question is in a MLM direct sales company and I'm having a problem with building a team and selling our products. So what, what would you suggest? I would say that it takes a long time. You know, it takes a long time in the industry. You got to put in a lot of work. Um, right now, I would say, think about what you could do for yourself. If, if I could think over again, I would think about what if I did everything that I did for the last five years for myself? We'd probably be on an island right now. Period. <laughs> you know, I it's just one of those moments. It's one, I just had to exhale and say, I would probably be on an island. You know, I would probably be on an island. You don't really know. It's kind of like I saw Meek Mills put something up yesterday. I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday. And he said, we're about to start getting lawyers to explain to these young bulls what they're signing over to or what they're signing up for when they're signing these deals. Right. And it's like when you're young and you're ambitious and you've never had anything, someone can approach you with a deal and you're so excited because you've never been exposed to anything. I was that person. Kim was that person. So you don't really know. So what I will say is think about what you could do for yourself because you don't own those companies. You don't own those customers. You don't own anything. You know, you don't own it. And at the end of the day, it's just like a deal that you don't really think through because shoot, I did it for six years. I think I had a hundred thousand customers. And I just think about what if I actually had a hundred, a hundred thousand customers that I owned. We would literally, I probably own an island right now <laughs> and a ranch. <laughs> you know, I would probably own those things. So I would definitely say you got to really know the game. And it's no one's fault. It's, it's just lack of knowledge, I think. Just lack of exposure. When no one tells you things or no one's there to mentor you. I didn't have like a big high profile, you know, mentor or anything like that when I was in that game. So that's my opinion. And what I will say, because I always like to give two sides of the coin, if you are going to do it, right, um, the first thing that you want to do is focus on you. You cannot lead somebody until you first learn how to lead yourself. If that is your choice and you do decide to build a direct sales business or multi-level marketing, network marketing, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you are building your own customer clientele first and that you're spending a lot of time in self-development learning about leadership. Leadership is a skill and skills are like muscles that have to be built and they aren't built overnight. So first learning how to lead yourself is your first exercise into how you can effectively lead somebody else. But I would definitely agree with Ronnie in saying that if I could do it all over again, because sometimes when you sign up for these things, you don't realize your talent and you don't realize your potential. <laughs> you think you got lucky or you think the company blessed yes. you with something. And, and you don't realize I did you, can think literally, that. you can literally take who you are anywhere you go and you can build. Whatever it is that you set your mind to. And so, you know, I would say if you have the guts to go out and build like a flow chart type of a team, build it in your business, your business. 
And if you have the guts to go out and collect and gather customers for a product, then if it's not working for you, which it sounds like it probably isn't, maybe it's time to go back to the drawing board, think about what your passions, your gifts, your talents are, and come up with your own product. And let's get back to really being entrepreneurs, you know? Because um, that's not entrepreneurship. Like, you think it's entrepreneurship. It's not. When you in it, you know, I think the biggest thing that I would say is like, I apologize. for making other people feel like that's entrepreneurship because guess what at any given time they can shut you down you said something I don't like we're gonna censor you and you won't speak on any more leadership stages and oh we're gonna terminate your account well ain't nobody gonna terminate nothing that's my LLC that's my escort for sure unless you're a government official (laughs) (laughs) and not on some serious stuff (laughs) You know, but generally speaking, nobody's coming to shut anything down that I've built and worked so hard for. And you just have to really think about what you're handing over when you begin to build someone else's company, because that's exactly what you're doing. And there's nothing wrong with that. You hand over your audience. If that's the role you want to play in this life, I know people who are really successful in network marketing. That's what they want to do. They want to be like the Mary Kay people and they they want to retire with the pink Cadillac. They want the pink Cadillac parked to their grave. Cool. I don't knock what anybody wants to do. Do you, boo, right? But if you're a person who genuinely is looking for entrepreneurship, that's not the route. Yeah, for sure. And then also just being careful about what you promote because until we walked away from that, we didn't even understand the legalities. You know, we didn't know about posting on social media. You know, we didn't know that once you post a certain product on your social media for a company in that kind of industry, like they own the rights to your social media. We didn't know that. We were like getting letters from lawyers. We were like, what the heck? You know, you don't know because you don't even read the fine print. You don't read the fine print. You just sign up, ready to make money, eager, excited. (laughs) Put your little kit money to the side and you just jump right on in. And, you know, I just really want to stress that if you are looking for entrepreneurship, some of you guys aren't. Some just want to join a team and you want to do network marketing. If that's what you want to do, please do it. I'm not raining on your parade. Do that. But if you're really aiming at entrepreneurship, have the guts and the belief in yourself to roll up your sleeves and put in the work for yourself. Truly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and another thing that I'm going to say is, guys, we all have to live and learn. Because this, this, this podcast is probably like a full circle moment for us. You know, I know for me, it was, I, I kind of saw Gary V did a video. He was like doing a Q&A. And this lady stood up and she was like, MLM. And she asked him a question. And Google it. Gary V speaks on MLM. And you'll see the video. And he was just like, and she was trying to kind of ask like, how does she gain her credibility? And he straight told her like, you got to get out of it. And I was like, why? You know, why? Why do you have to? It's, he's like, you're not going to be respected until your name is like not tied to that anymore. It's a video. I think he was like speaking at some place and there are like all these women in the crowd. And they asked. And I think that it's a full circle moment for me because when I was in it, I was so voicious. I was so proud. I used to argue people down who were trying to tell me the same thing that I'm now saying. And that's why I said like the first thing I have to say is like, I apologize because sometimes you can get so full of yourself. You can be like arrogant. 
we used to be going back and forth with people. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, we didn't know. And I think the most humbling thing you can do is say, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And that there's so much more outside of that world in so many ways that you can make money if you don't get it in your head that that's the only route yeah. for someone with a low startup. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Girl CEO Podcast. Give us some feedback. We cannot wait to see you all at our holiday Christmas party that's happening this weekend, our CEO Holiday Social. And congratulations to all of you all who have joined Girl CEO and become Girl CEO officials. Congratulations to everyone who is participating in my six week mentoring program. We have had some serious transformation that has taken place through the people that we've been able to help through this training, through this coaching. And I just personally want to say thank you all for just being a part of Girl CO. I'm wishing you much success in your businesses and everything that you have going on. We want to see you guys win. Uh, We are starting this year in 2020. God damn. What are some of y'all goals like? (laughs) I think that's the question. Ask yourself, what are you going to do differently this year in 2020 that you haven't done, right? Let's not go into the the new year doing old stuff. Mm -hmm. They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. This podcast is going into 2020. It's a new decade. Uh, let's wrap up, Kim. Let's put some of your goals. Let's put our goals out there for 2020. All right. So some of my goals, I've been really, really clear on mine so that I can actually hit them. Is One is starting and opening up my investment company. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and I'll be happy to share that on my page as soon as I get everything solidified on the business side because you don't want to put things out there until it's all yours. So I'm excited about starting my investment company. I'm also excited on the real estate side of things because most of you guys know I'm a real estate agent in Maryland, D.C. And um, my goal is to have 75 different transactions to go to closing to help 75 different families and home ownership. We're taking that to 100, guys. 100. (laughs) That's the goal for 2020. Okay. Um, My goals for 2020 is to have a few thousand. We want to hit... The thousands. I'm thinking our goal is to really make a difference through the success prerequisite program to have a thousand women that we help and we work with this year. I'm also really excited to say that one of my biggest goals, I'm trying not to give up to <laughs> Shannon looking at me like, you better be quiet because y'all know I can't keep nothing a secret. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to say that one of my goals is to launch just something new as far as products, something that we've never done, something that's different. And diversify Girl CEO. And diversify Girl CEO. And then also one of my goals for 2020 is to do a big Girl CEO event. I mean, bigger than bigger than bigger than I've ever done ever. So that's on my 2020 list. All right. All right, bye guys. I hate when your friends know the shit you're doing and they look at you sideways like, mm hmm. <laughs> look at Kim. <laughs> All right, bye guys. <laughs>
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.